0: It's going to be a very, very intense journey. Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 59 of Frame Skip, a pretty good video game podcast. I am your host this evening. Joining me tonight is one of my favorite people to talk to you about games. That is Austin four-eyed <laughs> I panicked. I couldn't think of a That's, better nickname. That sounded so mean and derogatory. Yeah. And, oh, God, it's... Uh, yeah, I so I'm your back. favorite
1: person, but you immediately <laughs> insult me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just nagging you to make you love me more. I just want you to fight for my affection and, 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 my, and my praise. I panicked. I am so sorry. Also, I love those frames. They are legitimately super cool. And when I go to the eye doctor very soon, because I finally there. have vision, thank you to my new job. Yeah. I want to get something that looks like those,
1: because those are sexy as hell, Austin. Well, thank you. I, I love eyes is a They're... superpower. They're their polo frames, actually. Oh. Which I, I typically don't really get like super expensive frames, but because my insurance is pretty good right now, because I'm still on my parents for another like six months, I, uh, <laughs> I got some pretty nice frames this time. And yeah, I love them. But that doesn't mean anything to the audio listeners who cannot see any of this. So, audio listeners, just know that I have some awesome glasses.
0: Audio listeners, do me a favor, just close your eyes. And I want you to imagine <laughs> the sexiest possible shape of metal you can resting <laughs> on the bridge of Austin's nose. That's true. And if you do that, you'll be within 10% of the glasses yeah. that are actually resting on Austin's nose.
1: Now I will tell you, just while we're talking about this, I did get the uh the blue light filter on these glasses. Oh yeah. And I kind of regret it. How come? Because I feel like it doesn't really do anything so far. And two, it makes everything yellow. So like yeah, everything say. has a slight yellow tinge. That's
0: strange. My partner has the blue tint glasses, and she's a big fan. Um, She spends all day looking at monitors. I mean, you do too. You you work in like audio,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, and maybe now it's like partially because I have them, I feel like it's not a big difference. But maybe going back to the old pair, you know, maybe maybe it's a bigger difference than I'm thinking. But anyway, I
0: wonder how many (laughs) of your screens are dark because, like,
1: you do do like audio editing stuff, right, and like engineering and. Yeah, I well, I do a mix of everything. I do some audio stuff and and writing and production and but uh, yeah, pretty dark usually. Pretty dark usually.
0: Gotcha. I wonder just because a partner's a lawyer, so she spends yeah. most of her time um, like reading documents and typing in documents, and so yeah. because of that, like her screens are usually like white, and so I wonder like if yeah, that's, like a more effective use
1: of that the- could be because our teleprompter is black and it has white uh, font. So, like the the background, obviously that I'm reading most of the day is like a black screen with with white text on it. So, that could be that could actually be why. So, you George. you hear can that, listeners? That. We are
0: we are not just video game nerds. We are yeah. also hypothetical scientists trying to figure <laughs> out why certain
1: things. So, are, George, I, I heard are are the you the like nuclear. Are. I heard you like nuclear fission. Let's talk about that one a little bit. <laughs> uh, I like
0: fission. I don't think it's as effective as nuclear fusion. Um, ah. Really, so I think once we get a compact fusion reactor that's when things get really
1: exciting <laughs> well all right though oh, that's man, a our, great way to start off the show yeah
0: so, sorry before we get into <laughs> before we get into video games because uh, we didn't talk about video games last week that was our e3 episode so we were catching yeah. up on uh, the exciting stuff from e3 and I'm really glad we did that but I was bummed because we didn't get to talk about what we've been playing and you and I have both been playing the same game right. which doesn't happen very often so I'm excited to dive right. into that but before we talk about games, I just got to say, man, have you seen Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix inside? I haven't, but I've heard like incredible things. Oh, my goodness, man. I've been following that dude's career. I, I did the math like for 11 years now. Um, Like I saw him live when I was in college because I was like nice. a fan of his. There was like a girl who lived on the floor above me that I had a huge crush on. And then she told me that she was in love with this performer named Bo Burnham. So I hated him for five minutes before <laughs> Googling who he was. And then I ended up having like a bigger crush on Bo Burnham than I did on the girl um yeah and so like just like seeing like the trajectory of i guess like his his message across specials has just been like so fascinating and like this feels like the logical culmination of like everything that he's been saying about like performance and the audience performer relationship and it's it was just uh transformative it was a very engaging special that i cannot recommend enough when you have time
1: I've actually never really consumed too much of his content. I've seen some things and heard some things, but I, I've never jumped. I've never dove too deep into his stuff, but I, I do really want to watch it. Um, I've heard so many people talking about it. So it it it, it definitely seems like something that is like a, a must watch from yeah. kind of the societal reaction to it. Yeah, the, the zeitgeist uh, <laughs> of, of the moment, for sure. Yeah. I think
0: um, I think you can totally watch it on its own. I think you'll get a little bit more out of it if you watch like his specials in order. Okay, um, but also like that sucks. Like a, it's like me telling someone like, oh yeah, that TV show is really good, but uh, the first first two seasons are crap. But uh, once you get to season three, then it gets really. It's like oh, I just have to watch twenty eight hours of television yeah. before it becomes interesting. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I totally have the time to do that. Uh, so I, I don't want it to be like homework or anything like that. But if you have the time, I do recommend And Also, it's interesting to go back because I think this. Like I said, it's like the there's like a continuity between like uh, the statements he's making about uh, art and performance and creativity. And they all sort of like reach an apex in this. But like it's interesting to sort of like trace the tree rings back to how he first started. Um, Right. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Bo Burnham. We're not here to talk about glasses. (laughs) We are here to talk about nuclear Vision, so Austin. I'm just kidding. Uh, we are playing <laughs> Let's games. Dive into it. We are playing games. We are playing the same game. Let's just talk about it. We've been playing Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. We have. Take it away, because you've beaten the game.
1: Yeah. So I I got it launch day, obviously. I was really looking forward to it. I think a couple weeks back, we had both done that episode where we talked about our our most anticipated games for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And we had both mentioned um, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. And so I was really looking forward to it. My one concern moving into that game, though, and if you've listened to the podcast a couple weeks ago, you probably remember this, where I was playing Control and just adoring that game. And just by chance, I beat the very last DLC like the morning that Ratchet and Clank came out. So it was like just the the perfect alignment of, of everything. But um, I got it. And, you know, I've been dying to talk about this game because obviously, like you said, we didn't last week. Um, just beat it this morning. So it took me about a week and a half and um, just a, absolutely adored that game. Yeah. I, I mean, I um, my history with Ratchet and Crank, if Ratchet. ratchet and crank all right and crank it baby yeah (laughs) my history with with ratcheting and clank is actually i don't i really don't have that much i didn't play it too much when i was younger i think i played a little bit of the first game um and i did really get into future tools of destruction and then quest for booty but i actually kind of dropped off on on the ps3 gen right where i should not have because A Crack in Time was the next one and everyone says that game is like the best in the series. So, uh still a game I haven't played. But it's, you know, my my point in saying this is I don't have actually like a really storied history with the series. Um but I loved the 2016 one. I thought it was a fantastic game and so um just with that in mind, I I really wanted to dive into Rift Apart and I did and I loved it. It's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal game. And and up until this point, I feel like there hasn't really been a, a PS5 system seller. But I would honestly say that this to me at least is a system seller. I think had I not owned a PS5 and this was like the first game I had purchased a system for, the PS5 mm-hmm. for, I would have been so delighted. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's a shorter game, you know, it's only 10-15 hours if you're trying to platinum it. But I still think that the the sheer joy that I've gotten out of this game is just unlike honestly anything I've played in recent years. I mean, there's something about it that's just so unique, you know, some of the writing, like you, you sit there and you listen to some of the the context and dialogue that's happening. And for the first time in like years, I just like audibly laughed yeah. at parts of this game. <laughs> yeah. And it just made me like really happy that I'm like sitting there playing this game and like, you know, feeling like a kid all over again, and just laughing and enjoying my time with it, and enjoying the characters and the worlds, and um, just everything about it. it, it my my mini review would be: I think it's a a near perfect video game. I think there are, are some flaws here and there, but I think as far as games in recent years, it's kind of funny because like coming off Control two weeks ago, I said it was one of my new favorite video games of all time, and honestly, this one's probably up there as well. Like I. I really love Rift Apart. I really love Rift Apart. It's really funny too, right? Because
0: like control is like a third person action shooter where like your powers like help you manipulate the environment. And Ratchet and Clank is like almost the same game, right? But it's just like it does it with such like a, a joyous cartoonish lens. You know, and so you have all these different weapons that let you interact with the environment and more not environment's kind of a stretch, but I guess like lets you sort of handle enemies in different ways um and so it really is funny just like comparing those two or going from one of those games immediately into the other because it's just like this is one interpretation of a third person shooter and it's just like oh cool we just went the complete other way (laughs) like we're like okay what if this you know the controls like what if this was like a really deep introspective uh almost like nihilist nightmare and then Ratchet and Clank was like what if this was like a water slide that that you could just like shoot shoot aliens and robots from (laughs) and so like oh that's actually like or like an amusement park. it's just like oh that's actually way more my speed right now like i don't know if i'm gravitating towards it because of the past year and actually uh, i've I've had like a really fortunate life but like the year before the pandemic was actually just like super stressful for me just because i uh, was like having a lot of anxiety and like panic attacks and there was like a 14 month period where i was like scared to leave my apartment basically unless i was going to like work or the comic book store or like not even bars, but just like this one bar in particular. And I'd only go on Thursdays. Uh, like it was. It was. And so, like I don't know, like if that's what my my brain chemistry is, and to like why I'm like oh, this is just like so good to me right now. But it really is. And I'm taking my time with it. I've been super busy with work, but like I've been trying to do like a planet every other day, right? And it's been tough because uh, you know the NBA playoffs are happening. We're in the uh, the conference finals. You must be really happy with the Atlanta Hawks
1: in there. Well. I, I don't follow basketball at all, but I okay. do know that people are excited that the Hawks apparently don't suck this year. Oh, my God. Is Hawks are thing? incredible. Hawks yeah. are
0: great. They they could legitimately win the whole thing. They have to get through Giannis, which is going to be tough in Milwaukee, but they, they got a shot. Um, <laughs> so when I'm not watching basketball for teams, I traditionally have never cared about. But because the games are so compelling, I am playing Ratchet and Clank and I'm you know, sort of like making concessions of myself, like, oh, I got work to do. It's like, but uh, this is actually way more important to me mentally right now to be playing this game. And yeah, it, it brought up similar vibes to uh, the Astro Bot or Astro's Playroom. Absolutely. You know, yeah. where it was just like, what if we celebrated what made things cool about video games instead of trying to sort of like pigeonhole a specific feeling? Like, they just come up with so many different ways to. Let you have fun. And it, it's just, it's the dumbest things. Like, I, I just did this one level where um, you were, this isn't really spoilers. Um, One level where, like, parts of rooms were flooded and there were, like, rafts that you could jump up on. And, like, they would um, <clears throat> give you, like, a lift and help you get to, like, a higher level. And just, like, the feeling of jumping on the rafts just, like, felt good. You know, <laughs> like, they put so much thought and attention to, like, the, the haptic feedback your controller would get on these bouncy little balloon things basically. And like they're even in the first level, you're jumping on balloons, trying to get from like a, like one part of a parade to another part of the parade. I think the characters are great. Uh, Like you, I never really spent much time with this franchise. I was kind of a bad video game player in the early two thousands, just because I was 13 and shooters had just sort of become popular. And so I was like playing most of the shooters because I thought those were like cool, mature stories. And then I was pretty much just doing like licensed games because those are the fastest ones to become like, Twenty dollars, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, well, I work at a crappy restaurant and I don't get paid very much money. <laughs> so if I can buy a video game for three hours of work, that's great because that means I can buy two video games from a day's work. Like seven dollars an hour. Woo! Um, <laughs> and, and so like that—that that sort of like shaped my my video game library growing up. And like, I never played Jack and Daxter. I never played Ratchet and Blank. <clears throat> Um, but because of this, I'm like, oh man, maybe maybe I should go back and explore. And like, I played the Spyro trilogy for the first time ever back in like December and November and like had a blast with that. I'm like, Oh, like maybe, maybe it's not a kid's game. Like I understand like the, the naming convention, but like, I think it's really important for kids to have games that they can play, you know, that are like safe for kids. But like right. at the same time, like if this is for design for kids, it's like tickling all the parts of my brain that yeah. like, give me like, you know, childlike wonder, you know? And well, so just like, maybe there's something there. Like maybe, maybe you are happier with games when they're made for kids because it just right. puts you in the mindset of a kid.
1: Well, and it's like too, I mean, it's not even just games. It's like, you look at Pixar movies or whatever it may be, you know, it's, it's clearly aimed at, at a wide audience, I guess is, is the thing. But because of that tip, you know, it has that stigma of like, oh, this is for kids, which it is. But, um, you know you could say ratchet and clank is for kids as well but i think the the better descriptor would be it's it's meant for all ages and um certainly ratchet and clank i mean there's stuff in it that's like ridiculous like i i don't even think i actually noticed this but apparently all the games have some sort of innuendo in their name oh yeah <clears throat> and i i don't think i actually ever noticed that until like a few days ago and so this one apparently is supposed to be ripped a fart yeah and I was, like, just in shock. Like, I didn't know that that was what Rift Apart was supposed to <laughs> kind of align to. But there's certainly, th- my point is, it's certainly, like, sure, kids can enjoy it. And I'm sure kids would love it. But certainly, I think there there are certainly more, like, adult aspects. And, and the series has certainly aged, I think, as well. Like, it, it's definitely aged with us. Um, there's just parts of it. Like, the the story in this game, to me, was so thrilling. Like there was actually a lot about it that is super, super well written. And I really cared about the characters. Um, And like you said, it really tickled a part of my emotions, my brain that like, I feel like nothing else really does aside from maybe the Nintendo game here or there, depending on what it is. But even this, it's like it's the perfect mix of. Kind of that fun for all ages atmosphere mixed in with that story that is maybe a little bit more mature. That is maybe something that's more like emotionally driven. Um, and I love it for that. I love it for that. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm having a blast. Like, I, I wonder if I'm like artificially extending my playtime with it too. You know, like just like putting it off. I'm like, okay, just a little bit. Like you don't like, I don't want to say like the PlayStation 5 is in like a drought. I don't believe it is. Plus there's so much from PlayStation 4 that I didn't play. Like I <clears throat> it's not a bad thing that there isn't like a new banger PlayStation 5 game coming out every week, you know? Uh, but I wonder, like, if I'm just like, you know, trying to preserve it with just like a little bit of like water in the desert, you know, <laughs> just being like, all right, you can have some today, but not all of it. Don't go. Don't go crazy, young buck. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like the particle effects are gorgeous. Uh, the the seamless transition between like actual dimensions is beautiful. Like, it, it's just it it's such a it real really way is. that they fractured this reality. It, it's great. And I love the, the new character, like the uh, yeah. rivet. Like, I, I think she's awesome.
1: There's another, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's another new character you get a little bit later on. Have you gotten to that character yet? I believe so, yeah. That character is awesome, too. and oh, I, f- I,
0: fantastic,
1: yeah. I really like, um, to me at least, I, I like all the new characters they introduce in this game because it feels, m- maybe this is a weird um, comparison, but it feels kind of like a, the the start of a new Ratchet & Clank series. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it was kind of similar with the future series on PS3. It was intended to be kind of like, OK, we've done the original three or four or whatever it was on PS2. Here's the next saga. Um, and this definitely feels that way to me. And I love that because it, it makes it the perfect starting place mm-hmm. for people that haven't played Ratchet and Clank before. Or people like us that never really dove too deep into the into the series because um, all the new characters, you know, everyone's on the same ground uh, yeah. as far as the audience so um but yeah i mean just to comment on the the graphics it's it's gotta be one of the best looking games if not the best looking game i've ever played um it's it's absolutely gorgeous and i've been playing on the performance rt mode Mm -hmm. is what i've been doing i don't know which one you've been doing but the the ray tracing is fantastic i think i went for performance too
0: because like i'm still playing on like a a 1080 tv like I'm, i'm still at my parents house um so they don't, they don't have like, you know, the 4k wizard TV, um, that, that I'm excited to unpack from storage and, and plug my PlayStation five into finally. Yeah. Um, no, I I think it's great. And I think it's really interesting that like, um, I feel like there's two types of like story conceits. We've really sort of been exploring a lot lately. And one of them is like time loops. And that one I understand just because of like the nature of the last year where every day just felt like a, a microcosm of a, of a macrocosm you know <laughs> like it just felt yeah. like you were just exploring the same cycle because you were stuck in the same space but another territory that i feel like we've been exploring lately like is like this idea of like uh like a multiverse like a multiversity of experiences and it's just like hey like if you feel alone there's another place where there's someone just like you who feels just like you but isn't you like that because of that you're not alone and like i, I think like uh into into the spider verse was probably like the most prominent one of that of the past couple years right but ratchet and clank i think like picks up that baton really well um and yeah i just uh, i don't have enough good things to say about it like the game is just it's exactly how i want to spend the hour or so every other day that i have time to to play a playstation game
1: yeah it it's very digestible i mean i i maybe it's just because of like my lifestyle and my, my kind of sp- my social life or lack thereof. Um, but I really have grown fond of like the the 10 to 15 hour game. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's so much better like than the 50 hour title. I mean, it, I almost avoid those completely anymore just because I don't have time. And um, the length of this game is perfect. The story is like perfect. And, and like you said, with the planets, what I was doing was I about the same thing, I think. I was doing about half a planet every day or um, at times. The only reason I was able to get through it so quick was I would do half a planet in the morning before work and then the other half when I got home. So it's very digestible and I, I really liked uh, that as well. But yeah, I mean, I just I can't offer enough praise for this game. It's, it's so, so good. And um, next, because I haven't played it yet, I'm going to play Miles Morales, which is like, the perfect kind of follow up to that because oh, that's all insomniac.
0: That's like a 10 hour game.
1: So. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm really excited for you to play that. I know Seth wasn't a fan of it. I love Seth. He's just super picky when it comes to Spider Man stories. And I understand why, because Spider Man is super important. Spider Man's been there for him like his entire life. I get that. He's very protective of Spidey. Um, I think it's really important to remember that Miles Morales is not Peter Parker. And so they have yeah. different they have different experiences. And so I think as long as you go into this understanding, like this is going to be a different Spider-Man, you're going to have a good time. And like, I, I love that. I think that was like the, the exact iconic Miles Morales story that like the comics have kind of produced. But I, I guess yeah. like it's just weird because like with Peter Parker, you just like point to so many like, oh, what about this story, this story, this story, like all these like defining right. moments. And Miles Morales is just like so new that it, like he doesn't really he doesn't He's have as many of those. Yeah. yeah. But like this game, I really think is like one of them, you know, it's like this and like Spider-Verse and then there's like a couple stories that come to mind. But uh, besides that, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't have enough nice things yeah. to say about that game either.
1: I'm really looking forward to, to digging into it finally. Cause I bought it the day I bought my PS5 and for some reason, I don't know why I didn't dig into it immediately. I think I was playing, oh, it was cause I was playing Ghost of Tsushima still when I bought my PS5 mm-hmm. and I, I played that game for like another couple of months after i bought my ps5 so i just never never you know picked it up never dove into it but i mean i have to say i, I know i'm gonna love it just because i loved spider-man ps4 and i'm not that particular when it comes to miles morales i really like his character actually mm-hmm. um but i i just want to say before we move away from this that uh, you know obviously miles morales ratchet and clank both developed by insomniac i gotta say i mean they might be my new favorite developer Really? I mean they after Spider-Man PS4 which I just absolutely adored. I mean the story in that in that game I couldn't get enough of. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Rift Apart the same thing. And I'm assuming I'm going to adore Miles Morales too. Um they've just been putting out some real bangers and it's like like I said with Miles or with Ratchet and Clank, it's both of Spider-Man PS4 and Ratchet and Clank, they were the perfect amount of like okay, here's like a pretty mature story, but with enough lighthearted comedy, kind of fun stuff mixed into it, um, that it just feels like a a real joy to experience. And, um, I'm, I'm all about that right now. So very cool. Uh, no, I think that's really cool that, um,
0: like, I, I know that like naughty dog probably gets like all the praise and like, I think they're probably the most talented developer, but they're not the developer I'm like most interested in, you know, like, I really like Uncharted 3. I like the Uncharted yeah. series. I think it has its problems. Um, yeah. But I've like still like I've never been compelled to like finish the first Last of Us. And because of that, like yeah. I've never been compelled to finish the second Last of Us, you know, but like there's just something about Insomniac sort of like exploring all these things because Insomniac, they also did. um Oh God, what was that? Xbox One. Sunset uh, Overdrive. Yeah, dude, that game ruled. <laughs> like that, that, that game was great. Um, And so, like, they've just shown just, like, a variety that I find really interesting. And the fact that they're, like, uh, we want to say something about the power of the console, about um, sort of, like, connections or whatever. Maybe Ratchet & Clank is the best way to explore that. It's like, all right, we want to say something about, like, epic storytelling. Maybe Spider-Man is the best way to do that. And so, like, they just, their ability to sort of, like, dance between different genres, I guess, is, like, really interesting and I, I don't mean to dog developers that like always stick to like third person or, or first person whatever like I, that's not like a, a critique on them but i feel like the fact that they do take so many risks is part of what keeps them sort of like right keeps their short sharp uh sword sharp i guess you know just because it's like okay yeah. we get to do this we get to like get everything we want to say about it out right now. And then they work on something else and they're like, well, you know what? It's been a couple of years. I think we got one more thing to say about how we explore this type of space. And they just get a chance to experiment. And I think that's your, are way more interesting. Um,
1: yeah, no, I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I just think they're, they're, there's something about their games that I feel like no one else is really replicating right now. Um, I don't know what that is. I think it's like I said, there's just something about them that are to me, at least there's just such a blast um, involved with playing them compared to again, like you said with naughty dog, nothing wrong with their games, but they're so to me, at least with last of us, for example, like I didn't even, (laughs) I didn't even want to play last of us too. Not because of all the controversy, but because of how like just dark and serious that game is. And like, I get it. Like people, you know, have those games have a place and people like that, that atmosphere. And and I don't have a problem with that. Just for me, it's like, I think I'm starting to gravitate more towards like the fun kind of, I don't know what, I don't know how to describe it, but the more like Pixar-y type stuff, the more like, you know, fun for all ages. Like this is just a blast to enjoy and play.
0: No, man, like, hey, let's release a game about like an incredibly serious and dark and heavy topic. At a time when people are having very yeah. dark and serious and heavy right. emotions. And it's, it's like, right. well, actually, I right. might watch Muppets Take Manhattan instead, because that <laughs> seems like a little bit more my, my speed. Like, I think that's like the yeah. stimulant I need to introduce into my system right now, as right. opposed to this incredibly, like, by all accounts, incredibly gripping, compelling, wonderfully told, right. it like, it perfectly produced like story. Like, I'm not denying their. Absolutely. Uh, their, their craft. It's not that, but it's just like, look, man, I know me. And right now I can't handle this. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Maybe some other time. Instead, I'm going to play Astro's Playroom again yeah. because the GPU jungle song makes my heart <laughs> feel things that I haven't felt in years. So I'm yeah. going to just skip right to that section, you know? Um, right. All right, I think we've uh, gushed enough about Insomniac so. and about Ration and Clank. Um, fantastic game. Yep. Do you think it'll go on sale soon?
1: Well, I did see today for Prime Day, um, a lot of PS5 games were on sale, and Returnal was already fifty dollars. Okay. So that was a couple months back. So I, I you know, if I don't, Amazon might be the only retailer doing that sale, so I'm not exactly sure, and I know. Eternal probably will not have sold as well as ratchet and clank will um but i would bet still that yeah probably within a couple months it'll probably be 50 60 bucks at least it's just tough because like this is art this is people's hard work for years and so like
0: yeah. I, I can't come out and say that this game isn't worth 70 dollars because like to me it is um but i can also see a world where someone spends 70 dollars and they're just like huh that was it right and like yeah, R- I mean, Returnal even even more so like that game is like a, a masterpiece <laughs> to me but also it's like man if you I, I don't think there was a demo for it so like there was no yeah. real way to like sort of try it out and just like oh this thing that I didn't like in the first time oh that's the whole game yeah. like oh crap man like 70 bucks I is a lot of money
1: you know no I can't buy it because that's exactly me I'm like I I've, I've heard good things about it but I've also heard like the whole kind of repetitive nature of it and I'm like man I just I can't like I financially I just can't put down $70 on that game but maybe once it's like 20 30 bucks I'll try it but no for sure uh, with with uh Rift Apart I get it you know $70 for 10 15 hours I know that's not everyone's like favorite thing I suppose but um you know I I know there are people out there that that play you know 6 hours of a game every day and at that rate maybe $70 isn't isn't worth two two nights of a video game i don't know um but to me no i i I for sure think it's worth 70 bucks but i get it gotcha all right final final question are you going to platinum this game yes i'm two trophies away very cool all right so uh
0: from what i can tell i'm just like playing through the game naturally i'm not like going back and like farming for trophies as i go uh from what i can tell you can do it in one playthrough if you're careful um but it seems like it does like a really good job
1: of like helping you as the it, as the game yeah. goes on. It's very easy. It's there's nothing really much to it. There's a few things that are like collectibles. Obviously, you know your standard kind of collectible things you have to find. But for the most part, I don't at least that I know of, nothing is missable. Gotcha. I don't think there's anything you can actually miss. All so. right, <clears throat> all right.
0: So we're gonna go from talking about a super fun game to um, I'm sorry, a uh, significantly less fun game. Um, I've been checking out all the PlayStation Plus games every month just because I moved from San Francisco, where a lot of my friends are. I feel very isolated here in Maine, so I'm using video games as a means to uh, stay in touch with people, and that is why I loved Zombie Army 4 uh, Platinum that, I think, since the last time we spoke, so I wanted to give an update to people. Super fun Platinum. Um, Great DLC. Really, really enjoyed that game. Uh, This most recent month, Star Wars Squadrons came out on PlayStation Plus, which is super cool. That's not the game I'm talking about. Uh, Virtua Fighter Championship Edition, I believe is what it's called, or A Virtua Fighter. That one came too. It's also not the game I'm talking about. I am talking about Operation Tango. Um, I think I talked about We Were Here at the end of the year last year. That's like a a co-op escape room game. And so Operation Tango operates in a very similar space to that. It is essentially an escape room where one of It's a two-player co-op game. You have to have uh, voice chat in order to play. Um, One person plays as a hacker. One person plays as an agent. And so you are constantly... One character moves forward two steps so that another person can move up one step. And then that person moves up two steps so the other person can move up one step. So it's very just sort of like cooperative inching along. I think there's so much to like about this game. And when this game works, this game is incredible. And when I say works, I've had issues with, um, with like connectivity. Like I've had like headsets just like drop out, but like work on like the PlayStation chat, but just like, like in the PlayStation party, but just not work in the game. And that's been annoying. And I've had a couple like session ending bugs where I'm just like, all right, this is the last thing we have to do. But like, there's no button prompt to do the thing that I know we have to do because I've already beaten that level. And so like those things are frustrating. That's not even what I'm talking about. I think what makes... A game like this good is how intuitive you can make certain things, and so it's just like you're presented with uh, three sets of information A, B, and C. You communicate that to your partner, being like, "All right, I have this, this, and this." Does that correspond to anything you're seeing? And then like you, the other person's like, "Yeah, I'm in a room. I see a keypad. It's looking for something like a four digit number." And you're like, "Okay, uh, I have a four digit number. Try typing this in." And then that opens up a door. And so like that, it's sort of like that sort of give and take relationship that happens between uh, the hacker and the agent. And when it works, like I said, it's fantastic. You just feel like you're the smartest people in the world. Like it feels like in portal when you finally like crack the, the puzzle you're supposed to do. There are other times when it's just so beyond obtuse that it just makes itself not fun anymore. And I think a big part of that is there are some missions that probably should have been two missions, like, like a long level in this is just infuriating i think the sweet spot is like seven to 12 minutes per level but there was one that took like no joke 45 minutes to complete and it was just like bro like you gotta let me out of the like you, you, you gotta let me off the ride a little sooner than that Yeah. and so like you gotta break that up i think that probably should have been two or three missions um and so like in that regard it was a little frustrating but i mean it's free with playstation plus so um you should check it out i really like the art style it has like this sort of um, like post-millennialism, I guess, is like what I call it. Like, it almost looks like those like progressive animated car insurance cartoons. You know what I'm talking about? Like the flat ones that like John Krasinski right. did the voice yeah. for. Uh and it's just got like this optimistic future vibe that I really dig where like it, it looks like the future we were promised, like at the beginning of the millennium. And so, like, because of that, I'm like obsessed with this game. Like, I think it looks gorgeous. I love the art direction in it. And a lot of the puzzles are super fun to do some of them repeat themselves and it's usually like the less fun ones that repeat themselves like the like a mini game for you to like hack but like it does clever things where it's like you have to get a ball into a cup basically and one player controls like the ball going up and down and the other person controls it going side to side and then they introduce elements there's one really cool thing where one player is looking at like a 2d screen and they're able to like place platforms and the other player is in like a 3d virtual space where they have like a 3d platformer with like things coming at them that the other player can't see. So they have to like perfectly describe. Um, I played uh, it takes two earlier this year. Also, I think that game is probably my favorite co-op game that I've played so far this year. We were here. I've only played like the first level, but because of that, uh, my friend and I, who I played it with, we bought like the, the next two games in the series. So we're probably going to check those out soon. I would probably rank operation tango third. Um, but like, I still think there's more good than bad here. Uh, but the technical stuff when it falls, uh, faults is, uh, frustrating.
1: That is a little annoying. I I do want to try it and I guess I don't know how it would work because Andy and I would play it like in the same room. Mm. So I don't know, um, chat wise. I mean, obviously I guess for the purpose of the game, like we would try to avoid looking at each other's monitors, but, um, I do want to try it because when I heard that it was like a co-op only game coming to PS Plus, I I hadn't heard of it first off. And um, I'm always looking for games like that just because that's, you know, Andy and I really like to to dive into games together. So Mm -hmm. um, I do want to play for sure, though, at some point it takes two. But I probably will try out Operation Tango as well. That game's great for like the same screen experience. Like that's a great like couch co-op game. For Operation
0: Tango, they actually like give a warning at the beginning. They're just like, "Uh, you really shouldn't see the other person's screen." That kind of like, oh really? That kind of ruins what we're trying wow. to do here. Um, yeah. So if you can set it up so like someone's at a monitor, um, yeah. and they're facing away, I guess. Yeah, and-
1: that's probably how we would do it because I'm sitting at my desk now. So somebody would play at the screen I'm at, and then the TV is facing the other direction right over there. So it would be, you know, separate direction. So at least that would be a possibility. Sure. Um. But I do like, too, the the whole um, kind of like how I think it takes two did it as well, where you can if you if one person buys the game, you can like send a copy to the other person. Yeah, pretty cool. So I really like that stuff.
0: Yeah, that one's actually yeah, I think that I can't remember if it was like two different SKUs basically, where like one yeah. person downloaded like the the companion app, basically, um, but no, like, I, I think this is, like, a super fun genre that's, like, absolutely worth exploring. There's just some parts of this one where I think it falls short. Um, but I don't think it's, like, a bad game. I just think it's, like, an occasionally very frustrating game. But, like, when you do do it, like, I oh, God, you feel like a rocket scientist. Like, you just feel like the smartest person who's ever existed. Nice. All right. I'll we'll play it at some point. Yeah, very cool. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Because, like, I've played it with, like, a friend. But, like, I have to imagine playing it, like, with your, like, partner is, like... It, Stressful, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, like that—that uh, that tension sounds really interesting. Well, um, we played
1: through the entirety of Super Mario 3D World on Switch together, including the final level, which is like almost impossible. Wow, and you still—you
0: so, you still dated, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is we're somehow still, you know, we're still together. So. Wow, stronger <laughs> than ever. Thank you, Super Mario 3D World. <laughs> um, so, a lot of tension
0: with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Miyamoto. You did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I
0: think that about wraps up. Anything else you've been playing you want to talk about?
1: Elijah and I, uh, and I just cause I talked about this last week, how much I love the Xbox conference, um, and especially with Forza Horizon 5 on the way, I went out and somehow managed to buy a Series X. Um, and funny story on that, just briefly, is that uh, GameStop was gonna get a stock, I think it was last Wednesday, in store only. They tweeted about it and um i called my store to like make sure they were getting a stock he wouldn't tell me how many they were getting uh, but he, he was like yeah we're getting a few and it's first come first serve so i wake up and i'm like yeah i don't feel like going whatever like i don't really want one and then like an hour before GameStop's stops GameStop opens they open at 11 i just am like yeah i'll go check and just see and i'm like in my head i'm like there's no way an hour before the store opens that it's 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 not going to be completely, you know, across the block line wise. Right. But I get there an hour before and there's one guy there and he's been there for like three hours prior to that. And he's like, yeah, they're getting like eight Series X's and I'm the only one here and it's an hour before the store (laughs) 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 opens. So I was like, well, I guess I have to buy one now. So I bought a Series X and I haven't played it too much yet because I'm kind of holding off on on playing it until I get through Miles Morales. And then um, Mario Golf also comes out this week, so it might be a little bit till I get to it. But right. I knew it was like my one chance, you know, for right now um, to pick one up. But I, I, Elijah, and I did play some of Gears Four the other night, um, oh, and it awesome. has it has that uh, FPS boost where mm-hmm. you can play it in sixty frames, and it's awesome, really cool feature. So, Very cool. but that's the only other thing I've been playing.
0: Oh, man, thank you for reminding me about Mario Golf. We got to play that this weekend. Oh, for sure. Yeah, God, I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> I'm really excited for that game. All right. Um. Honestly, yeah, I, uh, I, I really like my PlayStation 5. I don't regret my purchase. But like, honestly, like I've been just sort of like mining video games for nostalgia lately. And so it's just one of those things where I'm like what you're telling me that the games from my past will play better on Series X. Damn, did I buy the wrong one? Like, well, dude, it's for what crazy I'm hoping too. to for what I'm hoping to accomplish with video games right now. Did yeah. I buy the wrong console? It kinda, it's crazy. It kind of feels the, like I did.
1: It's crazy because there are so many games. You know, on PS5, a lot of the games that were on PS4 got like upgrades, where um, you know they got the upgrade version with the frame rate boost. But on the Series X, some of the games just—I don't know how it works, but it's just called like FPS boost. And some of the games just, I guess, unlock their frame rate or something. And so like Skyrim and Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 all run at 60 frames on Xbox Series X, but not on PS5, which is fascinating. Amazing. All right. All the Far Cry games, Far Cry 3, 4, 5, New Dawn, all 60 frames on Series X, but Uh, not on PS5. You know what? I have the
0: Platinum and Far Cry 3 on PS3 (laughs) and PS5. But or yeah. PS4, but I do not have all the achievements for it, so that is something I need to consider going forward.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, that's my that's my spiel.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome! Though. Good for you. I mean, like I would, yeah, I would, I would grab a Series X right now if it were like literally that easy. Like the nearest GameStop is like yeah. an hour and ten minutes away from me, so I'm like, well, right. I'm not driving for that just to maybe have a chance of getting a yeah. Series X. Um, yeah. But yeah, if I could just like roll out of bed and be like, yeah, screw it, I'll go check it out. Um, <laughs> No, that's really funny. Um, yeah. All right, So that brings us to our main topic. And our main topic tonight is something so confusing that we had to... Yeah. It had to be Austin to explain it to us. Um, <laughs> so there's a new Hideo Kojima game coming out. Or maybe there's not. But what if there was? But it can't be. But if it is, that would be amazing. But it's not. But it might be. Austin, this is too much. I... <laughs> I am too dumb to play Hideo Kojima games. So that means I am too dumb to follow this entire just insane story wrapped around the game. So do you want to handle it from here on out?
1: Yes, and I'll try my best. I think if I had to guess, most of the people listening probably know the details for the most part. So I'm going to try and stitch this together as much as I can, but it's probably going to be pretty, pretty difficult for me to do so. So just an FYI, in case I'm like not making any sense, but basically there was a game that was <laughs> revealed.
0: Sorry, that just that... sounds like a Hideo Kojima game. At that point, we're yeah. just like, yeah, it'll probably make sense if you really pay attention. If you already know, but if you don't know, then
1: uh, yeah, God, God help right. you. Yeah. If you haven't watched the 12-hour explanation video, yeah, and if you haven't watched it backwards, set to Snake <laughs> yes. Eater, but the German yeah. version of Snake
0: Eater, not yeah. The and English if you version. didn't say, if
1: you didn't say, um, Jareth, into yeah. your microphone while you were watching the video, then you won't you won't get, you won't understand it. Yeah, and if you did not, <laughs> and also if you didn't say "Mantis into a mirror" three times with the lights <laughs> off, he <laughs> like, can't come in and help explain it to you. Yeah. Okay, so basically, um, in April, this game was revealed. I believe only on the PlayStation blog. I don't think it was shown off anywhere else. Uh, but it's called Abandoned and basically the gameplay they showed was kind of this forest type setting it's like snowing um it looks to be some sort of first person shooter survival game all right i am um, with, i
0: am with you so far okay
1: right and so again this just kind of popped up on the playstation blog back in april so it's been a couple months now over a couple months it's been about two and a half months um but nobody ever really thought anything of it um it just kind of appeared and it was another indie game and made by the studio blue box studios i believe is the the supposed um game studios title blue box game studios that's what it is and again like nobody batted an eye until the past seven days and um I don't know the exact timeline on all this stuff, so I'm probably way out of order. But basically, there's this huge theory that this game, abandoned for PS5, is actually some sort of secret Hideo Kojima or Silent Hill-related video game. Which, of course, you're probably thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense because Kojima doesn't work for Konami anymore. And last we heard, Kojima had some sort of weird like, kind of antagonistic Sever with that company, like it, it things from what the public heard, it, it, it wasn't a very happy, um, ending with well, Kojima and well, Konami. No, dude,
0: I mean, obviously, because like, what well, there was that shot of like what Norman rita's drinking a mug that just said, what Konami's tears, right? Yeah. Like, was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that was like a total, a total middle finger <laughs> to Konami. Like, of course, it was not an amicable split.
1: yeah um, so I mean, with that in mind, this whole situation is weird, obviously, like coming off of that. Um but basically the the theory is like I said that this abandoned game is somehow connected to Kojima, and I'm not gonna go into everything because it's literally just like pages and pages and pages of stuff, and um you know, we'll talk about at the end whether we like actually believe this or not, but you know, there's a few examples like um obviously the the most prominent one is that Kojima's done this before um he did it with Metal Gear Solid Five. He, they announced the Phantom Pain was what it was called at uh, the Game Awards. I think in like maybe 2013, yeah,
0: 2014. Feels, that, yeah, that feels
1: right. And it just came out, and it and and Jeff Keighley was like, "Here's the Phantom Pain. It's made by Moby Dick Studios." And yeah. it was like, okay, all right. So it's like a new game, new new development team, whatever. But of course, over the the Kind of media cycle of that title, you come to find out that like the director on the game is named Joe Kim Mogrin, and it's like this guy that has bandages all over his face, um, obviously echoing um, the character in the Phantom Pain game, which I, I won't spoil who that is by the way, because that's still one of the best story moments in all of of, of Metal Gear. Um, but basically, it was this fake guy saying that he was the director of the Phantom Pain. And of course, we all know that it's Metal Gear Solid 5. They eventually announced that like maybe a year after they announced the Phantom Pain. They added on Metal Gear Solid 5, the Phantom Pain. Um, So he did that with that. And then he did it again with PT, which I didn't actually remember. PT came out. From my understanding, they didn't say it was related to Silent Hill at all. Um, And they said that it was... uh, being developed by seven seven eight zero studio um, which of course was not accurate. It was actually Kojima Productions at the time before it was canceled. So my, my point is this has happened twice already with Kojima. He's already done this like weird. All right. I'm making this game, but by the way, you're not going to know for like a year.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. This one's for Elijah, but he just gave him the old dink and flicker. Right, uh, <laughs> just want to make yes. sure he's. We just want to make sure he's listening to this yeah. episode that he couldn't make. Um, yeah. All right, so I'm with you so far. Okay. So he just does a whole bunch of head fakes on these games, which I kind of understand. Like, I don't. I've never uh, Peace Walker. I guess is like the only Metal Gear game I've ever played or beaten. I guess. I just don't have, like, a whole lot of familiarity with Hideo Kojima, but, like, I think the dude is incredibly important to the games industry because, like, I think having an auteur is critical. Like, I I think that's what, like, really helps cement it as, like, an art form. You know, like, if you see something so unique and so singular that you can just, like, look at a movement or, like, look at a cutscene or just look at any aspect of the game and just be like, that is a Hideo Kojima product, you know? Um, Like, I I think that's insane. Like, that's really cool because, like, how many hundreds of people does it take to make a game these days? Or at least like a game that lives up to like triple A modern expectations. Instead right. of so like cite one thing and just be like, that's uh that's a old Hideo throwing a curveball at us again. Like that's incredible that you can just like make yourself known in a sea of people who literally have to build this entire fictional world, like this apparatus around your idea. Like that's that's so cool and so important. Um but besides that, like, I just like, oh, man, I get so bored playing his games. <laughs> like, yeah, it, I it, it. It, It's it's not anything on him. Like, he's he's telling very interesting stories. They're just not stories that I'm individually interested in. Right. Huge difference. Um, And so just the fact that, like, everyone, like, the fact that he did the two head fakes is just, like, incredible because, like, he just wants, like, a distance. Yeah. You know, he just wants to, like, not have people anticipate the Hideo Kojima game for two years. You know, he just wants right to be nothing and then exist a Hideo Kojima experience like I think that,
1: that's part of it I mean I don't I wonder why he and I'm not again I'm not saying that this is happening again I, I don't fully believe that this is a Kojima game and I'll get into some of the kind of quote unquote evidence here in a second but I kind of wonder like in his head when he did that with PT and with Metal Gear if it was kind of like okay let's announce this and see what the public's reaction is and like gauge you know because I guess in in my eyes at least, that gives kind of a, an interesting view where it's like you know you slap the name Metal Gear on something and people obviously are going to be excited, but when you just call it the Phantom Pain and it's like just this random game, um, you know I kind of wonder if they looked at that and, and they looked at the response and kind of used that to better the game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe maybe it's just Kojima like playing tricks. I, well, that I And
0: I, I think there's like a strength in like the anonymity of it too. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. Like it's gotta be so just like liberating to be like, I'm making a game and no one knows I'm making it right? right. Like I'm doing this like incredibly big daunting thing and no one is just like waiting for what the guy who did metal gear solid three is like doing, you know, like I'm he's right. just able to like come in blind and like, there's no disappointment when it gets delayed and there's no confusion when like David Hader doesn't come back, you know, (laughs) and it's what's his nuts from 24, you know, like there's no sort of like weird cycle operating up, not even about your game, but about the production of your game, which is, like, inherently different than the final product of your game, you know? There's, like... Right. And and so, just, like, operating independently of all that just sounds, like, really cool, and, like, I don't know if he was doing that because, like, he was trying to drive up the mystique. That might have been part of it, but, like, I I think part of it, too, is just he wanted to distance himself from it. Like, he didn't want to make... He didn't want it to be, like, a Hideo Kojima game until it was, like, ready to be consumed as a Hideo Kojima game, and, like, I I respect that. Like, I, I completely get that. Right. But the internet has, you know, just so many people who are smart and uh, are able to put things together and also has a lot of people who are dumb and like connecting dots, you know, so like all these innocuous things yeah. make more sense, you know, when, when viewed at a, as a whole. And so I personally but, don't think it's a Hideo Kojima game just because like he's already done this, you know, and so like,
1: yeah, that's the thing is it's like so unoriginal at this point. Yeah, it's just uh, you know if he if this really is him again it's like all right can you like think of something else to do next
0: time (laughs) yeah man you've done the same trick twice already or three times now you know it's just like put another club in your bag man um right you sent me a video just before we started recording Mm -hmm. is that uh sorry is is there more that you're uh dissecting about the whole? yeah okay i'm sorry here let me let me go into some of
1: the no that's fine let me go into some of the evidence um, that people have, you know, been attributing to this theory of it being a Kojima game. Um, and I'm just like I said, I'm just going to hit some random ones. There's like tons of it. So um, and and half of it, I think, is just crazy people aligning something that isn't necessarily like actually a connection. <laughs> but um, OK, so one interesting thing that this team is doing that no one's ever heard of, they're getting a PS5 app that apparently allows real-time trailers for the game on your PS five. And obviously if you think back to the second to last thing Kojima did PT, that's literally what that was. Um, It was, it was essentially, in fact, he called it a playable teaser is what PT stands for. And so, it just strange on that front, I suppose. Um, no one's ever done this on PS Five, and no one's done it really since PT. And so that's kind of an interesting one. Um, this studio, Blue Box Game Studios, again supposedly the ones working on Abandoned. Um, they made some tweet a few. Uh, I guess it was last week. They said, "Guess the name Abandoned equals first letter S, last letter L." Of course, people believe that means silent hill but I believe
0: I, I, alright sp- that one's kind of a str- I guess like the importance of like the game from like the studio we've never heard of like alright like that. Yeah. that's that's weird that's like I don't want to say red flag because that's like a negative connotation but I'm like alright that, yeah. that lifts one of my eyebrows yeah. but like I don't know like the the dude's really smart right like Hideo Kojima's mm. very smart I think he'd like yeah. hide it a little better than <laughs> than this and like how a first grader like finds words in like a word search, you know, right. <laughs> like maybe a little deeper than that, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah.
1: So that's an interesting one. Um, let's see. Sorry. I'm looking around a little bit. Cause this article is like 400 pages long. Uh, uh, this is a good point. Blue box studios, blue box game studios rather. And then PlayStation studios, the logos are like completely reversed. So the PlayStation studios logo has the black. Kind of border with the white center uh, square with the black PlayStation logo in it. Whereas the Blue Box Game Studios has the black inner square with white text and then the white overall um, kind of border. And some people are saying, oh, maybe it's Blue Box Game Studios because it's like the color of the PS4 case. And I'm like, eh, that, that seems like a bit of a stretch to me. The Blue Box Game Studios apparently only has a single employee, Hassan. I'm gonna butcher this name, Kaframan, who of course coincidentally shares his initials with Hideo Kojima. Okay. Again, yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit of a stretch on that one, but I don't know. Um let's see. The only previous game that they made, supposedly, is a Steam early access title called The Haunting Blood Water Curse. Um, and if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, it's this one. And they've also supposedly made a game called The Whisperer for Android, but it it can't be found anywhere. So it's there's some strange things here. There's another sure. game that they said that they made, but it only has five downloads. So, but to me, that's also like, okay, maybe this is because it's an indie studio that no one's heard of.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's tough, though, right? Just because yeah. like... Ready at Dawn made like The God of War games on PSP and like right. Daxter on PSP and then like their next game was like what? Like The Order 1886. It's like, right. well that's kind of a stretch. Like I'm I would never yeah. tell a developer because they've made one type of game. That, there's no way they can make another type of a exactly. game. Exactly.
1: That's why I think it's a little bit of a little little out there, I would say. Sure. Their their Twitter account is called BB Game Studios. Of course. For those that play Death Stranding, BB that was like a, a thing in that game. I believe that's what the little like babies were called, like the BB pod or something. Sure. So people are associating that with Kojima. Um, here's an interesting one. And I, I wanted to talk about this. We talked about this briefly, but there was a Death Stranding director's cut trailer. They announced the game would be coming to PS5. Yeah um some interesting stuff there because there are actually full-on metal gear like references in that trailer oh the dude
0: yeah i uh, you're a big metal gear fan so i like i don't want to say what happens in the trailer because you haven't seen it yet and i don't it seems like you haven't had it spoiled for you yet Um, i've
1: seen i i know that there's like he's in like a box or something at some point yeah that part
0: because it's funny i didn't think it was a death stranding trailer at first i thought it was him remaking metal gear at first like that like that's how like heavy the (laughs) <laughs> the references were was that I thought it was the other game. Um Well, super interesting like that. You should watch that whole segment with.
1: Yeah, Hideo I
0: because like I like I said, I don't really care for Hideo Kojima's games. I think the dude is like fascinating. Like I follow him right. on Twitter just because he like always posts like, oh, hey, I'm reading this book. Yeah, you know, it's just some weird book on yeah. like music, like Devo music videos. And it's, it's just like talking about like the art production or like the set design, that like went into that. I'm like, that's weird. I didn't know that existed. But that's cool that like that's what you're thinking about tonight. Um and he he just has like all these like weird thoughts about like, you know, uh, like predicting like 9-11 basically in like one of his games or or just like how 9-11 like affected one of his games. I need to rewatch it because it was already, right. it, it, E3 already feels like it was a year ago. Um, but like, he's just like a thoughtful dude who just like thinks about every possible angle that something could be like interpreted. And so because of that, I, like, I'm like, maybe this is a Hideo Kojima game.
1: Um, right. Well, the thing people aren't really talking about is they're from my understanding, there's like full on just Metal Gear Solid music in that trailer. Um and if that's the case, again, I haven't really watched it. I've I've clicked around in it, but I haven't fully watched it yet. But if that's the case, obviously Sony had to get that approved by Konami. Sure. Like they could they couldn't just have like Metal Gear Solid music in the in the trailer without repercussions. Right. So that's kind of an interesting thing as well um yeah i mean there it's just a lot of different stuff and then the last one i'll probably touch on is that this hassan kahraman who is the supposed only person at the company based off their linkedin um he has an interesting playstation trophy list um, and, <laughs> okay no, i going to say resume but all right yeah hit no, me no so there's a game on his trophy list that does not exist. It's called, um, demon blood and it, you, it has siren head, I guess, in its artwork artwork. Um, which if you don't know siren head, that's kind of like a, a I guess some horror kind of, not character, but mythological, mythological creature. I don't know. Sure. Um, But uh, I guess somehow Junji Ito has connections with with Siren Head. And about a year ago, Kojima said that he and Junji Ito were in talks to work together.
0: So it's a little
1: little interesting that this guy has a PlayStation game on his trophy list that literally doesn't exist that has Siren Head. I will say I think that's probably the strongest point for me is that that is a little weird because obviously PlayStation has to approve games for them to be on the trophy like platform. Sure. I mean, well,
0: it's just like, it's,
1: so this is obviously alluding to something
0: bigger, right? Because like, you can't just mess with Sony API. Like, like they just wouldn't let some dinky ass developer who's like, who doesn't have a pedigree or like resume, like they just wouldn't let them mess with that. Like, this is like kind of genius. Um, um, like native marketing at this point, you know, like this, this is like a great, like this is like kind of stuff that like, I wish I would be able to pitch at ad agencies. it's just like, Hey, what if we just right. like made us, what if the the advertising <laughs> campaign, at least like before we even like announce it is just like a scavenger hunt. Like what, right. what if it is just like, like finding the friggin' Zodiac killer, you know, <laughs> like, like what, like what if it is like that? Yeah. And, um, you were mentioning this guy, you sent me the video that he posted. Yeah, so,
1: yeah that's a good point.
0: Um, and like it does kind of look like a hostage video. Like I did not get vibes of like a <laughs> dude who was like like it felt more like a production than like a confession, if that makes right. sense, you know? Um like it felt more just like, okay, this is the part where we have to like admit that it's just us. And like yeah. <clears throat> uh the like it's just us We're the whole entire studio and like we we can we, we can do this. This is where this is where you're on, man. And it doesn't feel like, like I feel like if it were like real, I'd be like, yeah, I'm like at my desk doing work and like I have to like film a video to prove to you nutbags that like th- this is real, like that. I'm like, yep, this is, this is what a level looks like, you know, and he's just like waving like a camera phone, like in front of like a, his computer screen or whatever. Like it wasn't that it like literally looked like there was like, yeah, like he was in like a sound studio, you know, it was. <laughs>
1: It's very interesting, too. And and these are my last couple points is that that video, obviously, he comes out and he's like, I don't know the exact quote. I probably should have looked it up. But he says something to the effect of, you know, he's not uh, affiliated with uh, Konami or with um, Kojima mm-hmm. and that they're just their own team and, you know, that sort of thing. But the the interesting thing that people have been pointing out is that and again, this is kind of like just something I feel like people are saying because they hope it's true. But if this company doesn't exist then technically they can't be affiliated with kojima and konami sure (laughs) yeah and people have been like throwing that argument out there like crazy and i'm like all right i get it but that's kind of like just a like a major cop-out argument like oh yeah if they don't exist that's
0: that's the airbud rule right it's like well there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball (laughs) you know like it's just like some bs thing right um (laughs) i'm choosing to believe this is not a kojima game but like i I, do, I think some of this evidence is like really interesting and i think that this might be like the last good conspiracy theory like i feel like conspiracy theories yeah. had a really good run and like yeah. if we're talking about jfk that's awesome you know <laughs> if we're talking about bigfoot that's great loch ness monster awesome right crop circles so much fun but conspiracy theories have like really had just like a bad rap the past couple years with good reason to have a bad rap the past yep. couple years um yep. But like it's nice to have like a fun one, and like some of this evidence, like I, I didn't know about it. I find it really compelling. Yeah. I'm choosing to believe it's not just because like I would, if I were this dude. Like let's pretend this, uh, this, this. Uh, I, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. The Blue Box. Uh, blue Blue Box Studios, yeah, or, or the guy, the guy, is the guy at Blue Box Studios,
1: Hassan Kahraman. Okay, I If, if is his if, name? If this Hassan
0: yeah. is like a real person who's like genuinely developing a game that has nothing to do with Hideo Kojima. And then like this game comes out and everyone just like bombs the reviews because they're just like, man, this is supposed to be like a Hideo Kojima joint, whatever. He's just like, yeah, man, I told you for a year and a half every single day that it wasn't like, that'd be like devastating where it's just like, you don't even want to believe that I could make a game worth your time because of tenuous connections that you animals managed to draw up in your eroded brains between like oh yeah both of our initials are the same gotta be a kojima game like i'm, I'm like defending this game developer from like the it, it, immediate backlash that would exist if it turns out this game is real and is not a, a tied to kojima at all the evidence is like compelling some parts of the evidence are compelling others i'm like fine guys like try a little Yeah, harder, some
1: of out. it's kind of like they're just grasping for straws like i i, I feel like that's it's, it's there's a lot of it in my eyes just, and I'm a critic, you know, like with my job, I have to be skeptical of everything I hear. And so I've looked at a lot of this stuff and it's like, all right, about 75% of this is easily like just something you're really pulling on. Like it's, it's easily kind of debunked. Like it's, it's just something you're, you're grabbing at, hoping for it to be true and so but there are parts of it like i i do think like i said the last bit about that game that doesn't exist on playstation trophies that that is fascinating because yeah, like this because guy that, that has that, no that's, resume that's sony's in on it at that point right, you know like right that's the weirdest one to me and yeah. so i do think something is potentially going on do i think it's kojima related i don't know um, could it be Silent Hill related? Maybe, but I don't necessarily know that Kojima is exactly involved in it.
0: I mean, honestly. I don't know. Besides the name, is there any sort of like indication that there is a connection to Blue Point, Who are like the masters? No, of, actually. Who were like the masters of remasters? Sorry, that was so bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like because they were long attached to like a, the Metal Gear Solid reboot, right? Or like a like a, a remake? I guess. So they,
1: yeah, I mean, they did the HD collection um, mm-hmm. was Blue Point, and then yes, there was a rumor going around for a while that they were remaking Metal Gear Solid. All
0: right, so uh, let's let's put this into perspective, and then let's wrap up because we are getting a little long. But like, you can go first person in Metal Gear Solid, correct? Right. uh Like I'm I'm basing this off like the the Twin Snakes version.
1: Yeah, you you that's, well,
0: that's the one I've like watched someone play the most. And like it doesn't the first person
1: perspective
0: you can, exist? I
1: guess you can, but it's not necessarily you can't stay in it. You gotcha. can do it when you're fixed, standing still. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. So there's that. Uh, takes place in Alaska. So there's snow. Right. Blue box. Blue point. There you go. Mailed it. Right. That's that's the three we need. <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea uh i'm really dumb when it comes to when it comes to stuff like this uh i I think it's exciting like i get why people are getting into it but at the same time it's like ah some some stretches here guys i don't know what to tell you
1: i'm just i my my biggest worry is like you said that this is gonna come out and it's not gonna be at all connected to anything and then this guy is just gonna get destroyed
0: well it's just amazing
1: Um, too because like there was all that metal gear
0: stuff shown. So like clearly like the metal gear, so many metal gear assets exist in a PS five quality thing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, ah,
1: conspiracy.
0: This is, this is a fun conspiracy theory. I'm back in
1: it. I'm I'm back on them as like a, as like a genre. It's fun. It's fascinating. I mean, I I don't, like I said, I, I don't think I believe it necessarily, but I wouldn't not believe it if they came out and announced that like it was somehow connected. Um, but the the last thing I'll say is that n- not that he knows everything, but Jason Schreier did come out and he was like, yeah, I think this is going to end in disappointment. And I was like, well, that's an interesting take as somebody that does have a lot of kind of inside sources. And um, not that I'm a fan of him, but I I, I think it's just kind of interesting to, to get the viewpoint of somebody that obviously knows a lot about the kind of the behind closed doors stuff in the industry um, sure. kind of coming out and saying that yeah maybe don't get too excited
0: yeah like jason schreier like the dude like loves ruining a good time you know like he he is he's got more leaks than like a sinking ship you know like that that guy loves to just ruin maybe ruin people's parties
1: um, maybe Kojima's got it locked, you know? Maybe he's not letting anything out there. Maybe it's he's possible. sitting there is just
0: like maybe he's, but also like maybe he's just like, alright, I fooled Jason. He was the he was the <laughs> the, the, the toughest, the toughest yeah. domino to knock over, but I got him. Um God, so, I, I care nothing about Metal Gear Solid, but like all I want to do now is like explore these games, just like better understand this guerrilla marketing tactic that's yeah. like seemingly going on. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Um it's it's fascinating.
1: Should I play Twin Snakes so I get one too? I would, I mean, if you've never been into them, I don't know if you're going to get into them now, but I I, I love Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. The, I will say you should look up the story of two, Metal Gear Solid 2.
0: I played a little bit of that one in college. And uh, I, I just remember like the one, the one thing that like really sticks out to me is like, you're on the rafters like crawling through while that guy's like giving a speech. I'm like, oh damn, this is really cool. Like this feels like a, like a porn movie. There is some flashback scene when he was a spy.
1: There's some story stuff in that game that is so almost dystopian the way that Kojima predicted the future. Like there's a whole monologue at the end of the game that like predicts the 21st century. Damn, it's fascinating. Damn it. That
0: is exactly my speed. I'm always yeah. talking. I'll about send the you, millennium. I'll send
1: you a video after this. It's really interesting. All right, cool. Um, it,
0: I'm just going to play these games. Is there like <laughs> a baby mode on them?
1: Because I feel like I'm just
0: not good. I at, think so. I think there's an easy game. mode. All right. I think there's cool. an easy I'll, if I'm not mistaken. I'll check it out and report back on the podcast. Um. Anything else uh, you want to, you want to add? I don't think so. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of frame skip episode 59. Thank you so much for listening. If you have listened, if you are hearing this message to you right now, that means, you know, Frame Skip can be found on various podcast services. But, you know, it'd be really cool if you told your friends about it. Let's get some more ears listening to this show. And you can tell your friends whether they got Android or iOS or some weird device that I'm not even remotely Linux. familiar with. Yeah. Is there other Linux <laughs> phones? There's got to be. Right? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we're available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So you have friends, but you do not have excuses for not telling them to listen to the show, so please do so. If you would like to send a question, we are always happy to hear from our audience, and we would love to answer your questions on air. You can send it to our bit.ly form, that is bit.ly slash frameskipq. Or you can send it to our podcast directly at our email. That is frameskippodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at frameskippod. And we are also at that same handle on Instagram. Um, a bunch of our hosts are not here tonight. Normally, we've, uh, normally we normally roll five deep. Or four and a half deep, depending on how you want to count some people. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Seth, who is not here tonight. You can reach him at Seth the '90s Kid on Twitter. Please don't follow him, though. He um, really doesn't like it when people do that. Elijah, um, probably the most prominent streamer of all of us. He is usually on Twitch. Uh, he has a new work schedule, so he could not make it tonight. Uh, but he can be found at LocoLizardMan. I believe that is his Twitch handle also. You can find Austin at Austin J. Eller on Twitter. And you can find me, George, at GD Loftus on Twitter. Don't follow me. Either I just get drunk and talk about sports or comic books or weird existential crises that I experienced throughout the day. Wow, I don't my think, favorite. Yeah, I don't think anyone's really <laughs> interested in any of that. So let me do you a favor and tell you not to follow right now. Um, one of my interests is comic books, though. And so I have put together an episode and uh, I'm previewing the very first episode of a comic book podcast I started with a friend named Fabio who has been on this show in the past and uh, look forward to that in the feed here uh, we're talking about God. what story are we talking about Avengers Disassembled that is the story we're nice. talking about um, which is like the beginning of the modern era of Marvel Comics so I'm very excited and like they lightly touched on that story in um, WandaVision so if you've seen that show you are familiar with some of the base material so look at that you're already ahead on the reading list. Austin, any uh, final words for the crew?
1: I love you everyone, except for the coach Kyle Newman, because you're using the FrameSkip Twitter. Again. Oh my God. I
0: completely <laughs> forgot about coach. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Sorry. Coach doesn't have a Twitter. Uh, so he just uses the at frame skip pod. So if you have a question for coach, feel free to just hit up the frame skip pod. If you want to ask him like, Hey, what do you coach? Cause I
1: don't think I've ever gotten that
0: answer. And well, damn, I can't believe I never thought to ask it. I've only been recording with you
1: guys for like maybe nine months. Maybe, maybe that's the next great Kojima conspiracy. Oh uh, wait, hold on. Coach Jima. Is is that what you said? <laughs> the, the signs See? are everywhere. Hey, they both sound the same.
0: That's right. They, oh, make, man. they make the same phonetic sound. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> The truth is out there. Mulder yeah. and Scully were right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Happy, happy weekend. Do you believe this goes up on Friday, right? It does. Sorry, my dog. It's starting to like rain and thunder here. So you might hear my dog crying in the background. I apologize. Uh, happy Friday. Happy weekend. Enjoy some games and let us know what you're playing. And we will talk to you next week. Love you guys. Goodbye. Smooch.